You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Well, here's a great book for you to consider reading. Now, it's not a Moody Publisher book. It's a Thomas Nelson book, but I think this one is worth your time. It's by Dr. Jessica Peck. And it's, it's a great help to all of us. In fact, um, I would recommend it very strongly. We had Dr. Peck on just recently talking about this. It's titled Behind Closed Doors, A Guide to Help Parents and Teens Navigate Through Life's Toughest Issues. And man, are our kids ever facing tough issues. Are our Our families are going through tough issues. And Dr. Peck, by the way, has over 20 years of experience in helping our kids navigate things like uh, dealing with depression, anxiety, not just health issues, but mental health issues, things that impact not only them, but their families, too. And boy, is the culture ever throwing a lot at them. Dr. Peck, good morning. Good morning, Kelly. It is so good to be back with you on this Monday morning after Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for for having me. Well, I am so glad to have you back, and thanks for making the time. I'm sorry for the little bit of a delay in getting you on the air with us this morning. We had a couple of bits of business we needed to take care of, but... um, you know, there is so much to this book that I wish we had gotten to discuss when we had you on before. And my goodness, I cannot recommend, and I have been telling people about the book Behind Closed Doors because I know there are so many families that are struggling with issues for their young people. And I, my heart aches for people. And I, I know that you have seen so much in your practice. And for people that missed our first conversation just a couple of months back, um, Dr. Peck, would you just kind of give us an overview of why you put the book together to begin with, just to kind of reintroduce what you've done here? Sure, I would love to. And, you know, you did a good job outlining my credentials, which those are so important. And I'm sure somewhere my grandmother is beaming, you know, saying, (laughs) that's my grandbaby. But the most important credentials I think that I have in writing this book is that I'm a mom of four teenagers myself. I have four teens at one time right now. My kids are 19, 17, 15, and 13. So not only am I living this professionally, I am living this personally, and I see this at home. And so as a professor, of course, I'm concerned about the statistics coming out about young people today. As a pediatric nurse practitioner, just like you said, I am meeting parents on a daily basis behind closed doors at a point of crisis they never saw coming. But as a mom, my heart aches just like yours does to see everything that this generation is going through, things that we just simply didn't face as kids. We did not face cyberbullying and social media and pornography like it is today and gender identity crisis and social justice things and all of these things that are just coming to our teens at the speed of a smartphone and we are having a mental health crisis. And, you know, for me as a nurse, it's really important for me to give honest, trusted information And a lot of times people will ask me, is this mental health crisis as bad as people say it is, as bad as I hear on the news? And I'm so heartbroken to tell you, Kelly, that that it's not as bad as you think. It's worse. I just don't even recognize my pediatric practice anymore. 
But I wrote Behind Closed Doors because I want parents to find hope in today. I want them to find hope in healthy relationships, remembering that healthy relationships are not perfect. We have this image that, you know, our relationship with our teens should be perfect. Our our teens should be acting perfect because that's the bias that we have from social media. But we have to remember that it's not perfect. They can be healthy. So that's why I wrote Behind Closed Doors. It's the book that I wish that I had had. I share the good, the bad, the ugly, the uh, mundane, uh, the mundane, and the miraculous, really to equip and encourage and engage and empower parents to pursue the heart of their teen and build healthy relationships. Dr. Huck, I got to tell you, and and maybe you can help me understand because um, this is a question I've really kind of wanted to ask for a long time. Because as a parent, I've been a little bit bewildered. First of all, I've got to say, I totally agree that our kids are going through so much. They're dealing with so much. But at the same time, I've been a little bit bewildered. Because I think back um, to my own years as a teenager and as a young adult and the things that I had to deal with and, and my own coping mechanisms and how I got through it. But then I look at my son's generation. He's 24 now. And... I see the things that he has had to walk through and deal with in this world, and his generation is different from my generation, and it almost seems like somehow something has been lost between my generation and his generation when it comes to uh, being able to cope. And I'm, I've been at a loss to understand what happened, what what did get lost, because our kids seem not quite as equipped now as maybe my generation was or even my parents generation was or maybe that's just my 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 own fallacy of thinking i i'm not sure i i I hope i'm making sense in what i'm trying to ask because i've i've just looked at my son at times and i've wondered why do you not understand what i'm trying to tell you and he has looked at me and and not understood why i'm not understanding (laughs) what what he is saying to me, what got lost? Where did this go wrong? Kelly, you are asking exactly the right question and exactly what I'm seeing every day in clinical practice. So the first thing that we have to remember is that each generation has had unhealthy coping mechanisms, and we have to own that. You go back to World War II, the Stoic greatest generation, but they learned to stuff all of their emotions down, right? They wasn't acceptable to deal with their emotions. And so then we had the silent generation who were raised to be seen and not heard. And then we had the free love generation. And I think the reason that they protested war so greatly was because they perceived that as making their parents emotionally inaccessible to them. And then we had that gave rise to the latchkey kid generation. That's me and Gen X. And then we had overcompensating and millennials for parents. But when we had Gen Z, the gap and what is lost is they are digital natives and they live inside this digital world that we never lived in before, no generation prior. And they are losing the meaningful connections of real in-person relationships. It was already a problem before COVID. But then when COVID came along, it forced all of the kids into this electronic prism in a world that wasn't real. And so they feel deeply anxious because all of the world's bad news is coming to them at the speed of a smartphone. And the kind of world that they live in 
I saw on the news recently about a young woman who was riding the subway. She had a condition called neurofibromatosis, which caused tumors to grow all over her body. She was just riding the subway, minding her own business. Someone took a video of her, unknown to her, of the tumors on her legs, and used two simple emojis to completely change the course of her life. They put an emoji of a monkey with hands over its face and a question mark, basically saying, does she have monkey pox? Well, this video went viral and went all over, millions and millions of views, and people were actually threatening her life because they perceived, oh, she has monkeypox and she is threatening the health of people on this train. Her sister sees the video, recognizes her, and has to tell her, this video has gone viral of you. That is the kind of world our kids are living in, Kelly, and we cannot imagine that kind of world where any time you go out, you could, your life could be changed, your life could be hijacked like that. But the good news is, there is good news in all of this. There is a, a generation gap, but we can use our old school social skills to partner with their fresh world perspective. The bridge across that gap is healthy relationships where we help each other navigate this world that seems so scary. Well, how do we bridge that gap, Dr. Peck? Because sometimes it feels like that chasm is so deep and so wide. I was talking, um, my son and I have actually... Um, an excellent relationship. There were times where it was rocky, and I think you're going to find that in any and every family that just happens. And we sat down one day and, and just had a very frank conversation. And I assured him, yeah, I said, you know what, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you think I may think of it, at the end of the day, you need to understand my love for you is bigger than any frustration that I may ever have. I need you to understand that. And I'll walk with you and work with you through anything don't be afraid i'm always here but i i talked with another parent who was um working in a very public setting and she was cashiering and she was um taking care of a, an order that i had but she left her her cashiering position and, and came and pursued me in the store where we were and she said can i ask you a question very frustrated with her own child and very loud and very vocal about it in the store and um, I really, my heart just ached for her, but it ached for her her child also because I saw this chasm just widening, and I thought neither of you is taking the time to hear each other and understand each other. How do we bridge that gap so that there there can be healing? Well, Kelly, you are such a great mom, and you said some really important things in what you just said. You said that you were having trouble in your relationship with your son. You went to him, had an honest conversation. You put in the hard work, and now you have a good relationship. And I share that story. The opening scene of Behind Closed Doors is me driving down the road, having an argument with my daughter, who was 13 at the time. She was sitting in the back seat, and she threw a book. I'm talking a four-volume book. This was commitment. She threw it at my head while I was driving. And I remember thinking, as a pediatric nurse practitioner even, I, I'm a fraud. I'm a failure. Like, how, how am I supposed to help families with their kids when I can't even help with my own? And that was a watershed moment for me, Kelly, and I realized I was going to need a new skill set and a new mindset going forward. So the first thing that I would say in, in mending the gap 
is that there are no instant relationships. We cannot treat parenting teens like growing a chia pet. And if we're really honest, in today's world of instant gratification where we can get anything customized in such a short amount of time, we do transfer that bias to our teens. And we expect that we'll put in a little effort and things will be better. But relationship building takes time. There is no substitute. You can't buy it. You can't hire it out. You can't, uh, it, you can't do anything except for put your blood, sweat, and tears in it. And I give the analogy of it's like growing a pineapple. Pineapples take an average of 24 months to grow. You put that seed in the soil, and you water it, and you put it in the sun, and you don't see anything. We have to have confidence in the seeds that we've planted. Our teens need to see the confidence in our eyes. When they are struggling with a particular behavior, we cannot generalize that to their character. When you start find yourself start saying things like, why are you always so? Or why do you have to be so? Or why can you never? Those are clues that we are generalizing those behavioral struggles into their character. And people think that teens don't care what their parents have to say, and that is absolutely not true. Their mind is like a police scanner listening to the background conversation. And as soon as we start saying something about them, just like you described that lady in the store, they start listening. And more importantly, they believe what we say about them. Too often, it's just generation. It's culturally acceptable to bash teens, right? To say, mm-hmm. as soon as I say that I have four kids, people are like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" I get sympathetic head tilts. <laughs> people will start praying for me right on the spot, you know. And it's not. It's not okay to bash our teenagers that way. They need to know that we don't love a younger version of them more than we love that current version where they already feel so awkward in their body. Mm -hmm. They already feel such a lack of confidence. We have got to love a younger version. So the, the short answer is there's no short answer. This is a long game, and it takes patience, and it takes faith, and it takes confidence. If you're just joining us, I want to let you know that Dr. Peck is the author of a great book that is going to help your family so much, especially if you are raising teenagers, young people. It's titled Behind Closed Doors, A Guide to Help Parents and Teens Navigate Through Life's Toughest Issues. And our kids really are dealing with so very much. And just so you know, I want to let you know about Dr. Peck's Credentials, because she's dealt with this for a very long time. She has seen so much, raised four kids of her own. So if that's not credentials enough, I don't know what is. However, in addition to that, I do want to let you know that Dr. Peck has been a pediatric nurse practitioner for nearly 20 years. Uh, She also has a doctor of nursing practice degree and is an advanced practice registered nurse and is a clinical professor at the Baylor University Louise Harrington School of Nursing, as well as president of the National Association of Pediatric Nurse Practitioners and, of course, author of the book Behind Closed Doors. Uh, Dr. Peck, we were uh, talking before the break about the fact that it seems so many of our kids, and I mean, practically it feels to me like almost every one of our kids, young people that I encounter, are dealing with some level of depression or anxiety these days. And a lot of that seems can be traced back to issues with what they're dealing with uh, through screens. You were talking about a story a few minutes ago of a young lady who was the subject of a horrific video that had gone viral. Uh, They're dealing uh, with parental divorce, um, pornography, LGBTQ issues, eating disorders, all kinds of things that can bring on 
depression and anxiety. And too often, it seems as parents, we just don't see these things coming. Our kids tend to hold those things in. And then when we find out about it and we realize what's happening, it feels like something that's really huge and overwhelming to us as presidents or presidents as um as parents we are presidents of our home we, <laughs> we are, are presidents um i don't know where that came from but it, it feels overwhelming to us and it has just spun out of control and it, it's so big and and we don't know what to do with it why why is it that we don't see it coming how can we how can we change that in our homes Well, there are a lot of reasons that we don't see it coming. And first of all, I would just say to anyone who is listening, who has been in that place, who has felt like they just had a curveball that they never saw coming, please do not feel guilty about that. Do not beat yourself up about that anymore. You do the best that you can with what you know. And when we know more, then we do better. And that's all that we can do and that's all we can be expected to do so I want to alleviate any parents of any guilt that are feeling that because that's usually the first reaction that I see is feeling guilty first of all we cannot recognize threats that we don't even know exist you know when we're teaching our kids to drive a car we are very confident in knowing how to tell them you know make sure that you're looking for the people who might run the red light or you know make sure to look in all your mirrors and and look before you get over we can anticipate all of those threats we have no idea the threats that can come up on social media because we're not using it like our kids are using it we're not encountering those things and so it's hard to anticipate what we just don't even know exists And the second thing is that a lot of times as parents, we adopt this not my kid mantra, like thinking, oh, that, oh, my kid would never do that. My kid would never do that. And it's not in an arrogant or prideful way. It's in a coping mechanism. It's a, we don't want to imagine something horrible like that happening to our kids. And so... It's really important that we drop that defense mechanism and accept that anything could happen to any of our kids. Now, that can be a scary place, a very vulnerable place that we don't want to be. And so in taking control of that situation, a lot of parents don't want to expose their kids to things that they haven't been exposed to. But in this day and age, it is impossible to protect your child from every possible threat that could come their way. So we have to intentionally expose them in a developmentally appropriate way that leaves the door open that says, hey, I recognize you could encounter things we don't anticipate, things that you think that I don't know about, things that you think I would not love you anymore for, things that you think are unforgivable. I want you to know, just like you talked about with your son, Kelly, no matter what happens, we will find a way through it together. And just having that open door, I can tell you in my nursing experience, that is often what kids perceive is that there's a closed door. Oh, no, I can never talk to my parents about that. They would be so disappointed in me. I would hurt them so much. It's not that they're trying to hide it maliciously. They really do care about what your parents think. So that that's really what we can do is, is think of that we can not anticipate what we don't know and then intentionally exposing them and preparing them and equipping them and empowering them to act in situations that are unfamiliar to them are two great places to start. 
You know, we've just got a few minutes left, Dr. Peck, and I would love for you to, if, if you would, uh, just share a little bit about the mechanics of the book itself, because I don't want to lose that during this time together, um, because I know that there are things that you see in practice that, and I can't even imagine what it's got to be like for you when you've got a young person who's coming in to be seen medically, and you realize as you're examining them that maybe they're their condition, what you're seeing indicates to you that they have a secret that they've not told their parents, and you now have to make a decision what you're going to disclose, and, and you realize what you might disclose could create an issue for this child and this parent. Does the parent even have a clue? That's got to be so stressful in that moment, but you you have laid the book out in such a way that it really is, it is not only it's, it's not only something that ministers to families, but it's a tool to use. Explain yes. how to use this book in your family situation. Well, I want to be very clear. This is not just a self-help book. This is not a, oh, read and change your perspective kind of book. This is a Jumanji-style parenting adventure. And anybody listening, I challenge you. I challenge you to take this journey, an intentional journey, to pursue the heart of your teen. Uh, no, you're, and you're right, Kelly, nobody comes into my clinic and it doesn't say on my computer, this child is depressed because they've been secretly sexting. Like, it doesn't ever say that. It says they have a headache or they have a stomach ache. And so I've laid this book out in three sections. I cover 12 of the most common health threats that I see in pediatric practice today, many of which we've, just, we've discussed already. And there's three sections in each chapter. The first is behind the clinic door. I give real-life stories from my clinic to show what does it look like for a kid who has anxiety or depression or is secretly struggling with something? How do they get to my clinic? What is the sequence of events that brings them there? And a lot of times when you look back, parents can say, oh, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this, I knew something was off, but I didn't know what it was. So I'm going to tell you, when do you pick up the phone and call an appointment, call for an appointment? How do you get help? And then I talk about the health impacts. When you go into the clinic and we shut that door and have that private conversation with the teen, I'm going to pull back the curtain and tell you everything that we talk about so that you can be in the know there. But that information needs to be brought home. And so I have the second section at each chapter is behind the home door where we set up real conversation settings. I give you a practical communication model called Love Your Teen, Four Simple Steps. Listen with your face, offer open-ended questions, validate their feelings, and explore next steps together. And if you practice this over and over again, you will fundamentally transform the way that you communicate with your teen and build a bridge so they feel open to talk with you. There are a lot of choose-your-own-ending kind of adventures that you can choose with your child to build relationships. And the third and final section is behind the heart door. Just like we've talked about, Kelly, when we face the realities that our kids are facing today, it will make our hearts hurt. And I promise in this book, I take very good care of parents' hearts. There are devotionals, there are scriptures, there are prayers that you can pray over your teen. There's a themed playlist that goes along with each chapter that will give you encouragement on repeat and earworm, you know, which I know is so important <laughs> when we talk about what the music that you're playing and that encouragement that we give. So all of those things are there and it's packed with resources in the back for 
families who are experiencing one of these kinds of issues. You can take it in a year. Well, you can take one journey a month. You can take it faster or slower as you want. But then it ends with legacy letters, a challenge to give your child a generational keepsake that they will treasure for years to come and that will help shape their identity and help them to see themselves through your eyes, reflecting them as God created them to be. Okay, the name of the book again is Behind Closed Doors, A Guide to Help Parents and Teens Navigate Through Life's Toughest Issues. It's by Dr. Jessica L. Peck. You'll find it on Amazon. We'll post a link to it also on our Mornings with Kelly and Steve Facebook page so that uh, you can link to it and find out where to get it that much more easily. Um, Dr. Peck, we've just got a couple of minutes left before we have to let you be on your way with your day today, too. But uh, before we let you go, any last word of encouragement for parents listening this morning, especially as we're headed in to the Christmas holidays, because it seems like um, one of two things either happens at Christmas time. Um, either we all put on a brave face and we make the best of the holiday or things explode all over the place for families at the holidays because everybody is dealing with something it seems right now and and god bless the families where everything seems to be just be going great and i uh, that is my wish for everyone but unfortunately that's just not the case for everyone you know that's so true that is what i see and what i talk about how we are subject to the pitfalls of social media even as adults and so if we're subject to that we how many times have you as a parent looked at social media and saw this family at the christmas tree farm and they took these perfect pictures and you just think oh i wish my family was that close or you see uh, you know a mom and her kid that are posting a picture of them having an outing together but the truth is we don't know what's going on behind closed doors we all present our best front for social media and comparison is the thief of joy and so i would just encourage families honestly to get off of social media for the holidays and just focus and invest on the relationships in front of you and knowing that, yes, you're going to have setbacks. Yes, you're going to have conflict. And I'll tell you what that looks like, you know, for my daughter and having a healthy relationship now. We do. She is a sophomore at Baylor now. And we still have conflict. We still have, there was a time just not too long ago where I went to visit her at college. And long story short, you know, I tried to be very cool when I was on the campus because I don't want to embarrass her. You know, her <laughs> mom, who's a professor. And she's, she, I saw her and she saw me and she completely ignored me. Turned <laughs> her back on me, like did not talk to me at all. And I said, oh gosh, this hurts my feelings so much. I cannot believe you did this. And, and she said, oh, I didn't see you. I said, there is no way you did not see me. There is no way. I'm standing right here. Well, when she got home, we took her to the eye doctor, and it turns out she was extremely farsighted. She could, the eye doctor told me, Dr. Peck, she cannot see more than 10 feet in front of her face. Oh. I don't know how she's been functioning. And so, you know, sometimes... And, and so does that mean that our healthy relationship, that we don't have conflict? No, but it just means that <laughs> she forgives me and I forgive her and we're able to move past it, you know, quickly. Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage families, strive for healthy. Don't go for perfect. Perfect is an unattainable goal. But just there is hope for healthy relationships. All right. Check out the book. Again, it's Behind Closed Doors. A Guide to Help Parents and Teens Navigate Through Life's Toughest Issues. It's by Jessica L. Peck. It's from Thomas Nelson Publishers, and you'll find it wherever books are sold. And we, again, will put a link to that on our Mornings with Kelly and Steve Facebook page. 
Dr. Peck, thank you so much. It is such a joy to have you on. You are so encouraging. And uh, seriously, I would love to have you on on a, a regular basis. This has been so good this morning. I agree, Kelly. Thank you so much for the encouragement that you have given me. And I love that you and I both have found hope in our parenting journey. And I hope that that gives anyone listening hope for their journey as well. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.